we are in our series called Shadows. And anytime you see a shadow, it is proof that there is light. And each week what we're doing is we're looking at the shadows that prove that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And this week, the shadow is rest. We are chasing rest, and it is exhausting. We're chasing it, longing to find it, and it's exhausting because we can never seem to catch up. It's always just in front of us. It's like we're running on this racetrack, and rest is in the lead, and we cannot seem to catch up to it. And isn't that kind of fascinating, the concept of chasing after rest and it just sounding so exhausting? And I'm not talking about a physical rest here. I'm talking about the deep rest of the soul. (coughs) And there's only one way to really truly be at rest. And listen, it has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with your willingness to give up on yourself, to raise the white flag, abandon yourself over to another who will work rest into you. That's what we're talking about today. Our text is John 5, verses 8 through 17. It's going to be up on the screen. I'm going to read it along for us. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who'd been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed. And walk. They asked him, Who is this man that said, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. I want you to notice this word Sabbath. Sabbath is all about the day of rest. But the people in this story have missed What is at the heart of the Sabbath? God told his people to take one day for rest. Just take one day for rest from their work so that they might find rest in him. The Sabbath is pointing to the rest of the soul that is found in God alone. I have this this Fitbit watch here. And here's what it does. When I'm sleeping, it monitors my sleep patterns. And when I wake up in the morning and I check my sleep patterns, my Fitbit watch is not impressed at all. Um, My kids, around 3 o'clock in the morning, they come scurrying down the hallway. They jump into the bed with us. And for the rest of the night, I'm being kicked or punched in the face. And so I am waking up. So it monitors how much I'm waking up. It also monitors how light my sleep is, how deep it is, and how much REM sleep I get. REM sleep means rapid eye movement. And this is the kind of sleep that rejuvenates you. It's the kind of sleep that makes you feel good and it makes you feel healthy. And people that get the right amount of REM sleep 
are healthier physically and they're healthier emotionally. The Sabbath is about the REM of the soul, the deep rest of the soul. And it's about your soul being at peace. It's about your soul being satisfied. And it's about your soul having contentment. We are all a product of our environment and our circumstances to some degree. And the only way to not have your external circumstances dictate your state of rest, your soul, it has to be in the right spiritual environment. There's a spiritual environment that your soul is in right now. And for many of you, your soul is in a storm and you have no idea. And you're tired because of it. You're tired physically and you're tired emotionally because of it. Remember, if you're not getting enough REM sleep, you're tired physically and emotionally. The same way if you're not getting the deep Sabbath rest of the soul, you're tired. And so you try to fix this tiredness with physical rest or emotional rest, only it's not working. The eyes of your soul are baggy and you're using physical rest and emotional rest, only it isn't working. What you need is the deep rest of the soul. There is a spiritual hunger inside of every single human being. Now, we can acknowledge it or we can suppress it. And what is interesting is there have been claims that as humanity gets smarter as we become more intellectual, as we discover more, what's going to happen is we're going to become less religious and less spiritual. But what actually we're finding is that we're becoming more. There's a deeper hunger for soul rest. So what I want to do today is talk about some traps that we fall into, some things that we are chasing after that we think are going to give our souls rest, but they actually don't deliver for us. So the first one I want to look at is the law, what the Bible calls the law. By the way, there's nothing wrong with the law. The problem is actually with us and our inability to keep it. So the people in our story, they are using the law of the Sabbath to try to find rest. They're relying on the law for rest. They have the Sabbath day, which is meant to be there to give us rest. And they've made it a rule to follow, something to check off, and not a rhythm in their life that brings them to God for rest. They were chasing the law for rest and it wasn't delivering. Let me show you what I mean. So in the past... I used to try to take my Sabbath day of rest and try to get really serious about it and said, I'm going to make sure that I am resting today. I said, if I'm going to be the, if I'm really going to be following Jesus, then I better be taking a Sabbath day of rest. And so here's what happened. It became the most exhausting day of the week for me because I put so much pressure on getting rest that when anything distracted me from my rest, I got very frustrated. And so I was chasing after rest and it was exhausting me. Here's what was happening. If you chase rest, you will never find it. But if you chase after God, 
you will stumble upon rest. I was doing exactly what the religious leaders were doing in this story. The religious leaders at the time, in order to keep the Sabbath, they took the law very seriously. So in order to keep the Sabbath, they created the law of the Sabbath. They created 39 other laws to follow so that they might keep the law of the Sabbath. Now, I want to show you how ridiculously exhausting they made the Sabbath. So this man is in trouble because he's taken up his mat after he's been healed. And he's carried it from one place to another. So they, the religious leaders created a law that you cannot carry something from one place to another. Now, here's what they did say. You are allowed to carry something. So if this man found a way to carry this mat, then he would not be in trouble. But he didn't find a way to do it. So he's in trouble. Here's another law they had. You weren't allowed to heal with medicine on the Sabbath. It was considered work. Well, at the time when someone had a toothache... They would take vinegar and they would put it on their tooth. Well, they said you cannot do that because that's work on the Sabbath. But the religious leader said, here's what you can do. Take a bunch of vinegar, pour it on your food, because now it's going to taste really good, and pour it all over your food. And then if you eat enough of it, it'll get on your tooth and then that will be fine. So that won't be considered work. Do you see how they're completely missing the point of the Sabbath? They're completely missing that it's supposed to point us to rest in God. So if they had, if at the time, you know, they had a Fitbit for the soul, it would not be impressed with what's happening in their life. They're chasing after rest on this track, and they're using the law to try to chase after rest, only it's not delivering for them. The law can't bring them to the place where their soul wants to be. And this is very common in churches where people think if I follow the rules, if I do what the Bible says, then I'll get to God and my soul will be at rest. The problem is not the law. The problem is us. See, the law is perfect. The problem is we are imperfect people trying to obey a perfect law and it exhausts us. We can't catch it. It's exhausting to use the law to chase rest. And do you know why? Because we are chasing after something that demands perfection. Imperfect people chasing it. Now, many of you, you wouldn't call yourself church people. Maybe in the past you were part of a church and then you've left or something. But here's perhaps what you experienced. Maybe you were part of a church, and what you found is that in that church, you found a bunch of rule followers who did not have an ounce of grace to offer you, and you became exhausted by it, and so you left. Or maybe that's the reason why you never came to a church. I want you to know that those graceless people probably weren't Christians, They were probably using the law, chasing after it, using the law to try to find rest, and they never found it in the law, and so they were miserable people. And that makes sense. They're angry and graceless because they don't know the grace of God. Imperfect people trying to chase something that's perfect to find rest sounds exhausting. 
If you think that's Christianity, you would be dead wrong about it. Christianity is about receiving rest through faith. And then once you find rest, do you know what? You start living like your soul is at rest. And do you know how a soul that is at, is at rest lives? It lives at rest. You know the saying, a body in motion stays at motion. Well, a body at rest or a soul at rest stays at rest, lives at rest. And do you know what it looks like, a soul that's at rest? It looks like a person who's living with grace and with love. So while, while the trap of the law is common in churches, the trap of the world is common outside of churches. The world traps us and tricks us into thinking that it offers us rest. And the traps and these tricks, they could be absolutely anything. So the man in the story, he already knows that the world will chew you up and spit you out. He has been paralyzed into restlessness. This man is paralyzed and he wants to be healed. And every day he longs to be healed, only he is not healed. And it is absolutely exhausting for him. He's been paralyzed by the world into a state of restlessness. And some of you, you already know that. You already know that the world will not deliver for you. You have suffered enough. And you know that this world carries no rest for you in it at all. Paralyzed into a state of restlessness. For others, you're still hopeful. You're hoping that there are things in this world that are going to give you the rest that you long for. And so you're chasing them. You're running on the track, chasing after rest with the things of this world only once we catch them, what we'll find is that they don't actually offer us rest either. Have you heard of the 27 Club? This is a group of people, of famous people, who have died at the age of 27. These are people who have achieved fame, and what they have realized is they, they saw fame, and they said, if I can just get to fame, then finally I'll be at rest. And their problem was that they were talented enough to achieve it. And so what happened was what they thought would give them rest didn't. And so their life either turned reckless. So all of these, all of these famous people died at the age of 27 for two reasons. Either their life turned reckless or they took their own life because of the amount of unrest that they had. They were talented enough to catch what we are t chasing after on the track. They caught what the world was dangling before them. You know, like when greyhounds are chasing after or the rabbit on the track? Well, they're like, the famous people are like a cheetah on a greyhound track. They actually catch what they're chasing. Have you seen the movie Cheetah? Is my right? Is it rabbits that they're chasing? I don't know what they're chasing. Yeah, okay. So... In the movie Cheetah, a cheetah gets on the racetrack, and the cheetah actually catches the rabbit. The cheetah now knows that it's a phony. The cheetah knows what the greyhounds don't, that it's a big trick, that once you catch this rabbit, it's not going to deliver for you. It's going to get in your mouth, and you're going to realize that the whole thing was absolutely fake. Famous people are like the cheetah, and they know what everybody else doesn't know. 
They know the world won't deliver for them, and so they become paralyzed into this restlessness. Question is, what is the rabbit that you're chasing after? What is the rabbit that once you catch it is going to paralyze you into restlessness? We live in Port St. Lucie. Port St. Lucie, we're chasing after comfort. And here, here's the thing. Every single one of us are chasing after this comfortable lifestyle that once we get it, we think we're going to be at rest. We think we're going to be, be satisfied. And so we work like a dog chasing after. We're going to get the right house. We're going to get the right car. We're going to have the right amount of kids. We're going to have this perfect white fence that everybody's going to come, you know, everybody's going to play and it's going to be great. Only once you finally achieve that, what you find is that you're still not at rest. Why? Because you know that at any moment, you could lose it all. You know deep down that this world throws storms our way, and they could wipe away everything. So you're not at rest still. Or children. Your children will not give you rest. Maybe they'll punch you in the face, but that's not what I mean. This is a deeper rest that I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about physical rest. You can invest in them, care for them, prepare them for a college, for a career, and eventually they move out of the house, they go to school, and then you're left paralyzed in a state of restlessness because they're gone and you don't know what to do. You build your life around them, and your life just walked out the door, got in the car, went off to college, met somebody, gave themselves over to them, and they are gone. And you know what? You did exactly what you were supposed to do, parent. That's what you're supposed to do. Well done. Only you now know that they won't give you the rest that you long for. You chased after their success like the rabbit, and you caught it. But when you catch it, it means that they go. That's the goal. And you start to feel what the people in the 27 club felt. So typically, you know, at the next step, parents retire. They go travel and they try to find rest through their retirement and they're traveling the world. Only that doesn't work either. What's the rabbit you're chasing? A spouse, a career, a college, that you want to get into, a house, a person, a feeling, a lifestyle, whatever it is, saying it's not going to deliver for you. It won't give you the rest that you long for. So finally then, we ask the question, what will finally give you the rest that you're longing for? That's what we want to know, right? What is finally going to give us this rest? I want you to notice something about this guy in the story. Jesus heals him, from re he gives him rest in the world. He's paralyzed. Jesus heals him, gives him rest in the world. And then he says, take up your mat, meaning now, in a way, in a sense, you're free from the law. You're free from it. It no longer has a hold on you. You have rest from it. But notice first, too, that this man still does not have rest. Jesus sees him, and he says, you still haven't got it. You still haven't given yourself over to me. 
He says, go and sin no more so that nothing worse may happen to you. Jesus is saying to him, you still aren't a Christian. You still don't have faith. You still haven't found your rest. He's saying, he's saying, you still don't have rest from yourself. You don't have rest from your sin. He's saying, you need rest from your anger. You need rest from your worry, from your lust, from your desires to lie to others. Rest from your defensiveness. Rest from your guilt, from your fear, from your anxiety, from your depression, from your constant need to be accepted by the people around you. Rest from your, from your wanting others to meet your own expectations, but they're not doing it. Rest from others feeling guilty. Rest from the feeling of guilt. Rest from your pride, from your ego, from your self-depression, from your self-obsession. And rest from your desires that you can't find satisfaction in. Jesus is saying, you can't live with yourself and you can't live without me. Hell is to be left alone with yourself and without God. The greatest of unrest Go and sin no more means stop finding rest in the law. Stop finding rest in the things of the world and stop trying to find rest in yourself and turn away from all of it and turn to Christ for rest. That's what he's saying to do. In Matthew, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will what? I will give you rest. He's saying, abandon yourself, give up on yourself, and put Every th- throw all the chips in with me. And then he says, and then I will work rest into you. I want you to see the progression of this man because it's very interesting and I think we can all relate to it. So first, the man needs rest from the world and Jesus gives him rest from the world by healing him. Then he needs rest from the law. So Jesus says, take up your mat and walk. You're free from the law. You're at rest from the law. And then Jesus says, now you need rest from yourself. So turn to me. Now, that's the man's progression. I think all of us can relate to this. There's some progression that we go through. So, so typically, if somebody grows up into the church, in the church, here's how the progression goes. They're in the church, and they feel a constant pressure to keep the law, to follow the rules. And so this imperfect person starts trying to act perfect, and they have no rest at all. And so they finally, they say, I'm giving up on this. So they leave the church. And they go out into the world and they say, I'm going to find rest in the things of the world. And so they go and they try to find rest in the things of the world. Only they're finding that's not delivering either. So eventually they say, you know what? Maybe I missed something in the church. And they find out, really? It was all about Christ. It was about him. And they realize that and they finally turn to him and find rest in him. So that's the first progression. The other progression is people start off in the world like this man. And they're going and they're trying to find pleasures, rest in the pleasures of the world. And they're searching for this. They're searching for, they're chasing girls. They're chasing women. They're chasing career. They're chasing money. They're chasing after women's rights. They're chasing after a cause. They're being a do-gooder. Or they're trying to raise a family. And here's what happens. They say, ah, this isn't working. I know. I just got to get my life together. So I heard about this church thing. I'm going to go try out the church and I'm going to obey God. 
And so they come in and they say, I'm here to obey. I'm here. I got it. I'm going to get it all together. They start working. This imperfect person trying to be perfect. And they miss it. But then eventually they realize wasn't about following the rules. It was about turning away from all of this other stuff and turning to Christ. Here's what they realized about Christ. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in him. So now the question we got to figure out is how do we actually get rest in Christ? How does he give us rest? The answer is he works rest into us. But now again, how does he work rest into us? Well, instead of chasing us, chasing after the rabbit around the track, he is the hound of heaven who comes down and chases us down to come and get us. And you know that feeling when you're lonely and like, you just nobody understands what you're going through and you just feel alone. But then finally, like somebody just hugs you and, and you just say, ah, oh, that's what I needed. Well, we're chasing after the things of the world. We're chasing after the law and we're at absolute unrest. And we're not looking at Christ because we're looking at all these other things. But then he comes like the hound of heaven and he comes behind us and he just puts his hands on our shoulders And immediately, we know that not that we found the one who gives us rest, but that he has found us. He's found us. We were a stranger to rest. We didn't find rest. Rest came and found us. So then, we start feeling rested. We're so rested that Fitbit sees all of our stats and they're like, we got to figure out what's going on with this person. How are they so rested? So we get a call from Fitbit and they say, hey, it's Fitbit calling, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> that song just turned on. I think it was from my phone or my watch. That Fitbit does that too. So sorry about that. We were having a moment. Fitbit just ruined it. Okay, so... So you get a call from Fitbit. Listen, you get a call from Fitbit, and they're like, hey, how are you so rested? We've never seen this before. And you say, I'll tell you. You said, I was chasing after the law. I was an imperfect person who thought I could find rest in following a perfect law, and it didn't work. But here's what happened. I was cursed because I chased after it. But here's what happened. Christ came and he fulfilled the law on my behalf. It says, cursed is he who's hung on a tree on a cross. He took the curse that was coming to us because of our inability to follow this perfect law. He took it on himself so that we might be free from the law and we might be at rest. But not only that, he comes and he gives us his whole new world a world that is at rest, a world that offers us the deepest desires of our heart, a world that gives us contentment and satisfaction. When he comes into the world, he says, the kingdom of God is here. 
It's not yet fully here, but it's here. And so we're beginning to taste satisfaction more and more. We're beginning to taste the contentment that we are made to have one day in eternity. But not only that, he makes us into this whole new creation. See, for us, we had the sin that we were chasing after, anger, lust, whatever it was. We were, we, our eyes were fixed on that. And then all of a sudden, we realize our rest is found in him. And so we turn away from that sin and we turn right to Christ. And as we turn to him, we find that he gives us the rest that we long for. We're not becoming a faster greyhound on the track. We're becoming a whole new creation. We're becoming a whole new person. We're not, become, we're not becoming a better person. We're becoming a new person. It's as if we are sprouting wings. And our soul is now flying the way it was meant to. Not fully yet, but it's beginning to. He works. His work is at the cross. His work is in the resurrection. He works so that we might be at rest. He suffered on the cross, complete restlessness, died in restlessness, so we might live in rest. He works rest into us. So go find rest in him. God, help us to understand what you're teaching us here. We want to believe your word to us that you truly are our rest, that we are restless until we find our rest in you. So God, we pray that you would work rest into us. Not that we would try to take the reins and earn rest or find rest, but we would realize that you have come and found us. And all we've got to do is give up on our self-achieving rest and let rest be found in you and just relax in it, knowing that we're just going to be okay. Everything's fine. Give us contentment in you, satisfaction in you, and rest in you, please. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.